All righty, we are recording. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome in and welcome back to another episode of the Ryan's Ramble podcast. My name is Ryan Vanell. I am your host throughout this series. If you're unfamiliar with exactly who I am, I'm one of the associate editors over at Frogs of War. Chances are you're probably listening to this on the Frogs Award Network or their YouTube, one of the two. Um, so as always, just like to start off the episodes by saying shout out to Frogs of War as a whole for giving me the opportunity to have this platform, make some picks. Uh, it's always a blast. Every week it is. And what exactly is this podcast? Say it every intro. It is the one-stop shop for all of your college sports betting needs, particularly college football right now. We're going to transition into basketball once the football season is over. But for now, it's football, football, and more football. Uh, what else is there? That, that's all for the intro, actually. Yeah. So I have zero interest right now in talking about TCU football. I usually open up the episodes kind of touching on their you know our most recent game it was fun talking about the Baylor game but it is not fun talking about the Oklahoma State game that was I think our worst loss since 1986 it was absolutely brutal not what you wanted to see is after coming off that huge upset over Baylor um I mean we were what 11 and a half point underdogs I picked us I made a pick for us which was terrible and now somehow I'm worried for the Kansas game um, after, you know, they beat Texas. Not really. I'm really not worried. But in ter- in grand scheme of things, you never, you never know. I mean, we're technically still in bowl contention. If we beat Kansas, then it's going to come down to the Iowa State game, which that's going to be kind of scary in Ames. I don't know how I feel about that. I would have rather gotten this win. I don't know. I, I really didn't think we could win against Oklahoma State. Maybe a little, a little part of me did after that huge upset against Baylor, but all in all, I thought we could have covered. I thought we could have competed. Excuse me, got the hiccups. I thought we could have played a close game, but it is what it is. Um, also, before we really get into you know the the main chunk of the episode, just want to say apologies if the energy isn't there, and also apologies that this is probably going up later than it normally would. Um, I've been, I got the flu kind of yesterday. I don't know if it was the flu. One of my close friends tested positive for the flu. I took this flu medicine, made me feel massively better, but. The past 24 hours or so have been kind of a, you know, kind of up up and down for me physically. But we're here. The show must go on. Um, we're here. We're still going to make some picks. But before we get into our picks, let's talk about what we learned last week. This is a segment I always do at the beginning of the episode. Um, talking about some of my main takeaways, my main draws from last week of football and stuff that we can use to apply on our future picks. And it seems like it's been working out pretty good for us so far. So I don't want to technically spoil. My record yet. We'll get into it in just a second. So hang on. I know sometimes I like to keep you guys on a hook, but that's that's how we got to do it. I'm I'm actually so stoked after last week. I will say it's nine consecutive winning weeks, though. That's that's all you need to know for now. So what we learned last week, maybe the playoff committee was right for ranking a nine and zero Oklahoma at eight. I I gave them a lot of flack for it whenever the original rankings came out and everything. And also, I really don't have much to add about the rankings this week compared to last week. I mean, it's really the same sentiment. Why is Oregon number three over Ohio State? Which, if their argument is, oh, they won the head-to-head matchup, then why is Michigan ahead of Michigan State when Michigan State literally won that head-to-head matchup three weeks ago? It it just contradicts itself. But really, I have nothing else to add. There was no major changes or any like crazy fluke rankings that I really saw this weekend. I maybe would want some more love to the group of five teams. But other than that, no real comment on it. Um, yeah, but anyway, back to the Oklahoma. Maybe they were right for having them at eight. Um, they hadn't played anybody whenever they were 9-0. and 
first real big game they play Baylor on the road. I mean, sure, they only lost by 13, but I feel like Baylor dominated that game. I mean, Oklahoma just really, really didn't look good. I think, and of course, this may sound like a no-duh type thing, but I think Oklahoma looked bad more than Baylor looked good. Like, Oklahoma definitely had chances to compete in that game, uh, and, and they they didn't. They couldn't come away with it. So it makes us look better, though, TCU. You know, we beat Baylor, and they go off and beat a top-10 team right after that, so... Makes us look a little bit better for that upset. But anyway, on to the next. Penn State. I've talked about Penn State from time to time. It's been kind of a roller coaster for them this season. But Penn State's offense is just about as reliable as a slot machine. Uh, you never know what the hell you're going to get. They had a really, really weird, bad, fake field goal call that ended up in disaster last week against Michigan. Uh, they they should have taken the points. They only lost by four points to Michigan. But... They had a lot of opportunities to win that game. They kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit. Uh, I, I think James Franklin is really out of there. He's mentally checked out. He's done. I don't know where he'll end up, but it, it's not in Happy Valley. Um, and, and also now looking forward, fading the Nittany Lions might be the move, which is we're going to fade the Nittany Lions this week. We'll get to it on my card in a bit, but it might be the move for the rest of the season. I mean, I know there's only two games left, which is – nuts that's man that actually is kind of sad there's only two games left college football goes by so fast also oh my god i didn't even mention this too this weekend tomorrow i guess against kansas is my last tcu football game as a student it's a moment of silence you know tear uh it, it has gone by too fast um growing up a tcu fan it's actually kind of wild because we've had our moments you know we've had all this history all these great memories with gary and everything but then as soon as I got to college, we haven't had more than a seven-win season in the last four years. I, I think that's right. But either way, we have not been great since I've been in college. Maybe I'm the jinx. You know, Maybe I graduate and next year we have a 10-win season, go to the Big 12 championship. Maybe that's all it's going to take is just for me to get out of here. But who knows? Um, now, back to it, though, with the what we learned. Next up is sticking with kind of the TCU game, Oklahoma State, though. Oklahoma State is severely underrated. Um, I believe they're at number nine in the latest college football playoff rankings. So I guess that would be my, my real complaint about the latest rankings would be, I think Oklahoma state, I personally have them at number six in my rankings. Um, and maybe this is partially influenced by the fact that they creamed us at TCU, like what was it? 46 points. Absurd. Um, but they, they have the number three overall defense in the country behind only Wisconsin and Georgia. Not enough people are talking about this. They're playing a new brand of football over there in Stillwater, and it's working out for them. Um, it's crazy to think, though, that their only loss of the season is Iowa State. That's, And, of course, Iowa State was seven-point favorites in that game, so Vegas just knows everything. Uh, they, they just know when upsets are going to happen. It literally, even though technically I guess it wasn't an upset because they were favored. You can see what I mean, though. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I personally would have Oklahoma State ranked at number six. Um, they've been – one of the most profitable teams in the country uh, in terms of from a betting perspective. They're 8-2 and two against the spread this year, 5-0 and oh in their last five, including that big double-digit cover against the Frogs last week. So I'm kind of nervous to take them this week. They're like minus 10.5 against Tech. Uh, I'm going to stay away because Tech had that big performance against Iowa State, and a lot of people, a lot of experts are kind of riding with the, the Red Raiders. I don't know why. It makes me a little bit nervous, so I'm staying away from them this week. But moving on to another team I am still 50-50 on whether I want to actually place a bet on them or not is Old Dominion. Old Dominion 
is a wagon. Okay, they are seven and three against the spread this year. Not quite as profitable as Oklahoma State. They're four and one in their last five, and they've won their last two underdog games outright. They started one and six this year. They're now four and six, and technically in bowl game contention. They play what is it? Middle Tennessee State this weekend. Sorry, I feel like I just had a stroke. They played Middle Tennessee State this weekend, and it's a pretty winnable game. Uh, They have Middle Tennessee State set as three-and-a-half-point favorites. But with the way Old Dominion's playing, that might be a line you want to look into. I'm still a little nervous, but I'm really, really tempted. That might be like a last-minute personal ad. It's not going to be on the card this week. But Old Dominion, team to look out for. Maybe if they could go 6-6, six and six, that'd be pretty nuts. I, I don't know actually who they play for the last game of the year. But if they keep up this hot streak, they could go bowling. God, that'd be sad if Old Dominion goes bowling and we don't. I mean, I know the conference, yada, yada, whatever, but still, it's just, it'd be sad. All right, anyway, next up, what we learned is the future of the playoffs is in the hands of the SEC championship game. Uh, I know this is kind of straightforward, like, a yeah, obviously, but, I mean, seriously, if if Alabama beats Georgia, we could have a completely different looking playoff than if Georgia beats Alabama. And, I mean, you can go ahead and pencil them in. That's good. That's going to be the SEC championship game is Georgia versus Bama. Uh, I wish there was a way that both teams could lose, but unfortunately there's not. And in this scenario, or I guess this hypothetical, because it isn't scheduled quite yet, uh, I would rather see Georgia win because that gives Cincinnati just a tad bit more of a chance to squeeze in. Actually, a lot more, a lot higher of a chance to squeeze in if Bama has two losses. So really, really rooting for Georgia in that, which feels weird to say because I – I just, in general, don't like both teams. Uh, I would rather see both teams lose. Anyway, though, next up, we got Texas Tech's kicker. was talking about the Red Raiders a little bit, but Tech's kicker, Jonathan Garibay. I hope I said that correctly. But either way, Jonathan, hell of a performance this weekend. He, in my mind, just earned himself an NFL contract eventually. Uh, He just made a 62-yard game winner this past weekend against Iowa State and though this really doesn't affect how we're gonna you know make our picks in the coming weeks this isn't really a true what we learn to apply to the future type thing but I thought this is kind of just one of those things I needed to point out it was nuts uh the tech actually kind of choked the game a little bit they were up by like 17 at one point it was a tie game 38 38 but man this kid came up clutch I see you Jonathan with the 62 yarder I was watching that I was actually in Austin in a hotel room and I remember just watching it, and it, that it would have been good from seventy. That thing was a boomer. He has a cannon for a leg. That would that was crazy. You don't see that in college very often, especially with the NFL. How many missed kicks there's been? My goodness, give that man a contract immediately. That is all we got though for what we learned last week. Now, in terms of last week's picks, I kind of teased a little bit at it, but our final record last week we finished seven and four. For our ninth consecutive winning weekend, or I guess in other terms, our ninth consecutive weekend with a winning record. So the streak stays alive, baby. I'm I'm hype. I'm all for it. The confidence is as high as ever. But again, as always, I am cautious. I know how easy it is to lose 10 bets in a single day. It's it's way easier than it would be to win. It could happen at any moment. It is what it is. Sometimes the betting gods are cruel, but they have been very gracious to us this season um with last week's record that brings us to 77 
57 and two on the year for a 57.5% win percentage, which I am extremely proud of. If we can get that up to 60%, I'll go bananas. I'm going to start, I'm dropping out of college. I'm going to become a professional sports better. Even though I have one semester left, I don't care. Don't care. I'm doing it. If we hit 60%, I'm going to lose my mind. That's the goal. Is it a very achievable goal? Not necessarily because there's only two weeks left and I would have to go like kind of perfect to uh, to get up to 60%. But really anything above 50% is golden. Anything above 52 especially is a decent profit uh, in the grand scheme of things. So I love that. I- I'm totally happy with that. Had a few heartbreaking losses though last week. Could have gone could have gone nine and two almost there, but we had Rutgers and in Indiana. I took the over 43 and a half last week and it ended at 41. It was 38 to three. Rutgers dominated that game, but they were one field goal away from hitting the over. It was painful. Uh, but in the in hindsight, I should have taken Rutgers team total. Whatever it was, it I guarantee it hit. And Indiana just they're back to to looking like Indiana football, I guess. They had that one kind of decent year of eight and four last year, but I'm oh, sorry, I had to make time for a beer sip, you know. And then also, I wouldn't really consider this one a heartbreaking loss, more so an embarrassing loss. But it was TCU plus eleven and a half because I was really confident on that. Um, I thought it was a lot of points. I thought we could at least play a close game after that. But that's on me. All right. That was that was a bad call, bad pick all around, bad day uh to be a horn frog then. But it is what it is. Say Lavi, we move on. I'm definitely not picking anything TC related this week. But and last but not least, uh, tier one picks were beautiful again. We went three and oh in tier one picks, which are my most confident, biggest bets of the week. I had Michigan money line, Air Force minus two and a half versus Colorado State and Nevada plus three at San Diego State. And Nevada ended up only losing. They lost that game by two points. So they covered the spread by one, which was beautiful. Great way to end the day on some West Coast late night football. Loved watching that happen at like, what was it, like 1 a.m. I was in a hotel bed. It was beautiful. Gorgeous. All right, let's hit on to this week's picks. So I, I genuinely, I always talk about TCU from a betting perspective here before we go into my actual card, but I I genuinely have no interest in making a pick for TCU or even talking about it, but I will read off the spread and over under TCU are 21 point favorites against Kansas at home, meaning Kansas are 21 point underdogs. The over under is set at 65.5. I really don't know what to think and I don't care. I'm I'm staying away from this game at all costs. I'm just going to go enjoy it. I don't want to be sweating out of bet. I'm just going to go enjoy my last game as a student. I'm actually going up into the uh, the Club Legends suite thing. I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that. That'll be nice. The all-you-can-drink, baby. That's what I'm really excited for. But all in all, uh, aside from the TCU game in general, I, I just don't love the board this week. I'll be honest. Uh, this is a smaller card than usual. Only two of them are Tier 1 picks. Um, you know, and you can't force it. I, I've had a bad habit too in the past. Like on last year's Ryan Ramble, I would get cocky with my, I would, I would end up making way too many picks and they would dilute it. You know, you got to have quality over quantity. I try to usually get at least around 10 just so there's enough to talk about and everything. Plus I'm kind of a degenerate. So like making less than 10 picks on an entire weekend or an entire slate of college football, that's hard for me. Okay. That's, it's a little hard for me. 
Um, I do typically sometimes even get to 20, but I try to stick to around like 12 to 15. Um, anyway, this week, I think we ended right at 10. So I'm going to take a sip of water and we can get into our tier three. That's good stuff. All right. Anyway, for those that don't know the tier system, tier three is our lowest level of confidence in picks. Of course, I'm still confident in them. Otherwise, I wouldn't be picking them. But it is the lowest level of confidence, probably my smallest amount of units per play. Um, Tier two, again, that's right in the middle. And then tier one are my absolute favorite plays of the week. My heaviest bets, my hammer picks, uh, you could say. But yeah, let's go ahead and start on the low end of things with tier three. Uh, it's kind of a weird structure. We got five tier three picks, uh, three tier two, and only two tier one. So, again, like I said, though, you can't force it. You really can't force it. If you're not feeling ultra confident, don't place too many units. You have to be smart with these things. A lot of times, really, maturing in sports betting is learning to bet with your brain and not your heart. Um, I mean, example, exhibit A, my first pick on this card is Maryland plus 14 and a half at home versus Michigan. And this is not like me to fade the Wolverines. I've I've been really high on Michigan all year. Been talking about them all year. But this is a lot of points to work with right here. A lot of points to work with. Another example, betting with my brain right now and not my heart. My heart tells me Michigan is obviously the better team. But this is quite a few points. And Michigan has also not necessarily dominated the spread. They had like that three-point win against Nebraska. Um you know, close. I mean, I know they covered the spread against Penn State, but it was still close, only a four-point win against a team I thought they were much better than. And Maryland, though, they're due for a cover, okay? They're 0-5 against the spread, which is usually the opposite of what you want to hear in their last five games, but they're due for a cover. Meanwhile, Michigan, they've been living the good life. They're 8-2 and two against the spread. Again, one of the top, or actually tied for the most profitable team in all of college football this season. But I just... I think it's time for a Terps cover. Sure, Maryland has lost against the spread as double-digit underdogs two weeks in a row, but this is a huge situational spot for the Wolverines. Let me repeat that. A huge situational spot for Michigan. Michigan plays Ohio State next week. It could be – this is dangerous. This is dangerous. They could be – all their focus, all their attention could be on that game because that has major not only conference implications but playoff implications – And who knows? I'm not saying Maryland's going to win this game, but I think they actually might give them a run for their money here, especially considering the fact that Maryland is one win away from going bowling. I think their last game of the year is Northwestern, so they really won't be too concerned. But Maryland's going to want to win this game, especially in front of a home crowd. I like the Terps. Give me the Terps plus 14 and a half. Next up on Tier 3, this this one doesn't make sense. That's why it's on tier three, but we're doing it anyway. Uh, we're going Kansas State money line minus 120 versus Baylor. So in my notes here, I have written down why the hell is Kansas State favored here? Vegas has to know something I don't. And that that's really all there is to it with this pick. Uh, it, this seems like one of those trap lines. The public is likely to be all over Baylor after that big win against OU last week. So it really doesn't make sense to see Kansas State as one point small, slight favorites here. But, I mean, it's a big factor. This one could be home field advantage. Uh, And I know that's a little bit cheesy, but Baylor has not done too hot on the road. Their only two road wins of the season is Kansas and Texas State. 
And they didn't even cover the spread against Texas State, which was, I think, plus 14 back in, like, literally week one. And their other two road games, lost to TCU, lost to Oklahoma State. You can excuse the Oklahoma State loss. They definitely should not have lost to TCU this year. I'll, I'll be one of the first ones to say it. Um, but again, this is similar to you know the, the last game with Maryland. This is another situational spot. Baylor's coming off a huge win. It's senior day for K-State. They're going to want to shake things up. Even though Kansas State can't win the conference, they can finish at best tied for second place. And although because of tiebreakers, they would not be the ones going to the Big 12 championship. And of course, this is only in that scenario where they finish second. But they can at least play spoiler for Baylor. Baylor's kind of riding high. I think they might be drunk off that Oklahoma win. They may be tooting their own horn a little bit. Like, oh, my God, guys, we're going to the Big 12 championship game. Ah, nope. Psych. Kansas State's coming. You got to go through Manhattan first. Give me the Wildcats here. Even though I really do think Baylor's the better team, this is just one of those games. Situational spot, trap line. I like it. Give me Kansas State. Money line. Next up, we're going with Rutgers plus 17 and a half at Penn State. Say it with me now. Too many points. This is a lot, a lot of points. Um, I know I said those exact same words whenever I picked Rutgers when it, before they got blown out by Wisconsin. But somehow, for some reason, I trust Wisconsin's offense more than I do Penn State's lately. So I really don't trust the Nittany Lions to – they're going to win the game. Don't get me wrong. I think Penn State wins this game. But do they win it by 18? I don't think so. Um, I do think Rutgers could actually keep this a lot closer, maybe even a one-possession type game. Um, I think mental factors will be huge in this one. Um, Penn State's going to be down in the dumps after that close Michigan loss, and they wanted it so bad too in front of that home crowd. You knew they wanted it bad. They just made a lot of bad calls. I mean, they, they shot themselves in the foot. It was it was a weird game for Penn State. And other than that, weather, too, could play a huge factor in this. I think weather could turn this into a really low-scoring, close dogfight-type game. It's going to be 40 degrees outside with 10-mile-per-hour winds. It's always a recipe for a close game uh, historically. So Rutgers offense, you know, if we want to look at the numbers, uh, Rutgers offense is not much to show for whatsoever, but their defense is surprisingly clutch from time to time. They come up big every now and then. Um, they're 31st. They're ranked 31st in the country in terms of rush success going up against the Nittany Lions, 117th ranked offense in the same category. And also their defense is ranked 12th in the nation in terms of finishing drives, which means once their opposing team gets into scoring position, they stop them from scoring. And Penn State in that same category is only 92nd in the country. So that, that those are some favorable matchups. I like to see that. Um, again, like I said, I do think Penn State wins this game. I just don't think it'll be by 18. Rutgers for the cover. I feel like I've been all over Rutgers games this year. It's kind of weird. I don't I don't know why, but I kind of like it. It's It's been fun. Go Scarlet Knights. Anyway. Next up, another big, big, big spread. We're going with – this is just underdogs galore. Um, we're going Georgia Tech plus 17 at Notre Dame. This is a cold, cloudy, windy game, and this is set up for a big payday for the sports books and for us since we're playing our cards right. Um, as I said, th this is exactly what Vegas wants right now. The public is all over Notre Dame. Um, 84% of public bets are siding with the fighting Irish and 97% of money is with Notre Dame. So 
huge, huge payday for all the sports books if Georgia Tech ends up covering the spread. And th- this might be mostly a fade the public type pick, but Georgia Tech shows up in the most random ways. Like they're so weird as a football team. Very hard to predict sometimes. So exhibit A, the UNC upset. They beat UNC by like 23 points. That was a fluke-ish, I kind of. Exhibit B, they covered the spread against Clemson on the road. And I know Clemson has been god-awful against the spread this season. But still, that was only like week two or week three. That was early on in the season before everybody knew Clemson was dog shit. Georgia Tech covered. That was a close game. They almost won. And playing in Death Valley is never easy, no matter who you are. Um, so Georgia Tech, they show up in in the weird, weird ways. Um, overall, though, both of these teams have been very opposite as of late. <coughs> oh, excuse me, that flu flu stuff coming in. Oh, gotta get my breath back. As I was saying, though. These are very opposite teams as of late. Georgia Tech has been regressing, including a massive, massive choke job last week at home against Boston College. They were up like 21-7 to in the first quarter, ended up losing that one somehow. But they are 1-4 and against the spread in their last five. Meanwhile, Notre Dame has found a groove. They're 5-0 and against the spread in their last five, 9-1 and on the year, only lost Cincinnati. But they still don't have any really impressive wins. I mean – I guess you could say a 28 to 3 win over Virginia last week was decent because Virginia has like the number 6 ranked offense in the country. So that was a good defensive performance, but again, this is this is a lot of points. And Georgia Tech is a weird weird team. And also Notre Dame, they're they're kind of a, a choke team, right? I mean, nobody's really now that I think about it, nobody has really talked about Notre Dame as a chance to make the playoffs when in reality they might actually have a shot. If they win out, they'll have only have one loss, right? Like technically they'll have a shot. Nobody's really talked about them, but they like to choke those opportunities away for themselves. Georgia Tech's a prime candidate to do so against. Give me Yellow Jackets plus 17. Next up to round out tier three, I'm going another big underdog spread. Illinois plus 13 at Iowa. Um, genuinely, I'm, I'm not sure if Iowa is capable of beating anybody by more than 13 points at this point. Um, like I said last week, this is just underdogs galore here in tier three. The fighting Illini are coming off a big win against Minnesota on the road. They were 14 and a half point underdogs, ended up winning the game outright 14 to six on the year. They're two and one against ranked opponents against the spread and outright. So I was margin of victory as well in their last few wins has been less than impressive. It's a whopping 4.3 points per game. And that's including Northwestern. And Minnesota, who actually Illinois beat Minnesota by more than Iowa did, which is kind of weird to think. But I know football doesn't always match up exactly like that. But it's it's worth noting. <coughs> also, this is a super low over-under. It's set at 38.5. Um, so this play of Illinois plus 13 actually fits into a system of road dogs with low totals. It's been hitting at a 59% rate since 2006. And you can't argue with system plays here. Oh, God, I I feel it coming up. (coughs) Excuse me, guys. Sorry. I was hoping I would be able to hold off the coughs until I got done recording. Wash it down with some beer. 
that'll get me right, you know. Alrighty, but I mean that that's really all I got for that pick. Illinois plus thirteen on the road at Iowa, and that is going to round out my tier three. So just to recap, we got Maryland plus fourteen and a half uh, versus Michigan, Kansas State money line minus one twenty versus Baylor, Rutgers plus seventeen and a half at Penn State, and Georgia Tech plus seventeen at Notre Dame, and last but not least, Illinois plus thirteen at Iowa. All right, on to tier two, baby, and I'm I'm really excited to talk about this pick. I'm going for my first pick at tier two, Utah minus three at home versus Oregon. So I really want to play like a video or like that meme from, oh God, I'm blanking. I think it's from Star Trek, right? <coughs> I'm not a big Star Wars or Star Trek guy, but you know, like the, it's a trap, that, that meme. Well, anyway, that's my initial reaction to this. It's a trap, huge trap. There is absolutely no reason that the number 23 team should be favored against the number three team, which is exactly why we are taking the number 23 team in this situation. Vegas knows best. There's there's a reason Vegas has Utah favored in this game. <coughs> oh, man, I'm trying to fight it off, guys. I'm sorry. It just keeps coming. We're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. Anyway. So there's really Vegas knows something here. This game is going to be what we love about. This is what the late college football season is all about. Is these type of chaotic um, playoff, you know, playoff infliction type games could completely shake up the entire landscape of college football if Oregon is to lose. And I really, 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 really think Utah is going to win. I would put this in my tier one, but. I really thought Utah was going to be underdogs here. The fact that Utah's favorited at all, let alone by three points, is kind of crazy. I was planning, like last weekend, I I saw this game on the calendar, and I was like, oh, I'm going to take Utah as the underdog. Like, I'm taking their money line because I think they're going to win. But they're favorited by my three points. So we're still going to ride with the Utes. We're still going Utah minus three. Just definitely not as juicy of a payout as it would have been taking an underdog money line. Um, the Pac-12 in general, though, loves to beat itself up, and the Utes here have a chance to ruin the Ducks' season in front of their home crowd, and especially, I think it's in prime time too. So they're going to chomp at the bit to get this game under their belt, and this is also likely a preview to the Pac-12 championship game because Utah's winning their division, Oregon's winning their division. They're both two games ahead, so whoever loses, they're still going to be ahead of their division. I think this is probably what we're going to be looking at for the Pac-12 championship game as well. Where Utah is going to win this one, though. All right, next up on Tier 2, we got Louisiana, the Raging Cajun, baby, plus four and a half at Liberty on the road. I am really, really confident in this pick. And you might be asking, well, Ryan, if you're so confident, why didn't you put it in Tier 1? Everybody else is also really confident in this pick. Um, The only reason it's not Tier 1 is because 79% of public bets are with the Raging Cajun. And if you know this podcast, you know we like to fade the public a lot. Um, we, they lost their first game of the year against UT. And since then, Louisiana is nine and zero. um, not too great against the spread. I think they're four and six against the spread, but Liberty also not too great either. They're like six and four <coughs> against the spread, uh, in terms of outright games, like I said, you know, Louisiana, they've won nine straight nine and one. They're killing it. Billy Napier killing it, doing a great job. And then Liberty, on the other hand, they have Malik Willis. They have this hype, big-name draft prospect. 
they've dropped a few questionable games. Um, the main biggest question mark was losing to Louisiana Monroe despite being 32 and a half point favorites. Um, and another questionable loss, they lost to Syracuse in a game they really should have won. They had multiple opportunities to win that game, but you can't knock them too much. I guess Syracuse is a decent team. They've overachieved this season slightly, but in general, Liberty has shown question marks, and I, I really feel like the market is overvalued on the Flames. I feel like it's a big part is because of Malik Willis and because the public is still heavy on Liberty after their crazy against the spread run last season. And, you know, I mean, the Hugh Freeze, Malik Willis combo. Um, so the public's all over Liberty as well. I actually didn't check the the percentage, but people are saying, oh, wait, no, I did did check the percentage. I already mentioned it. Silly Ryan. 79% are with the Rage and Cajun, actually. It's kind of surprising. I would have thought that the, the public would be with the Flames. But regardless, we're still sticking with Louisiana plus four and a half. Um, a lot of people have been questioning whether or not Louisiana is untested and Liberty might really be their first big game of the year. But I would disagree with that sentiment. I would say that they were tested. Of course, they played UT, and they didn't do like all too terrible. They lost. But I would say that their biggest game of the year, other than that, was App State. And they showed up big time. They were five-point underdogs, very similar to this line. And they ended up winning outright 41-13. to 13. That's huge. Um, so I would also put Liberty just right above, a little bit above App State this year in terms of quality of opponent. So you could say Louisiana's untested, but really in like their only big, big game of the season, they showed up. So got to give them credit. And I think they're going to show up again. Even if Liberty wins, I think they win by like a field goal and Louisiana will get the cover here. All right, now to round out tier two picks, I'm going with Pittsburgh versus Virginia. I'm taking the over of 40, or not 40, geez. Pitt versus Virginia over 66 points. I, this is a lot of points, sure, but this over under could be set at 90 points and I would still take the over. I am super confident in this one. Uh, and if you listen to me every week, if you listen to this podcast consistently, you know how much I hate these high totals. I've literally taken the under on some lines strictly because I'm like, oh, the over-under set at 79. Well, that's stupid. Just take the under, protest it. But 66, it's a slightly high over-under a little bit. But, I mean, I don't care. These, these offenses are ridiculous. The defenses is slightly non-existent. Um, it's just taking a look at Virginia, for example, I mentioned it earlier in the episode. They have the number six ranked offense in the country. Not enough people are talking about that. They're ranked above Wake Forest, and everybody's talking about how good Wake Forest offense is. Not enough people are talking about Virginia. They're not a good team overall because they have the 120th ranked defense, but offense is killer, and that's all we need here is points. So ignoring their fluke 28-3 loss last week against Notre Dame, Virginia has scored in their most recent games. They had 49 in a 17-point loss to BYU, which that was a 66-49 game. Nuts. Um, that that literally BYU would have covered this over-under by themselves in that game. And then we had a 48-point performance in a 48-40 to 40 win over G Georgia Tech. Um, 48 points scored against Duke. They shut him out 48-0. to zero. And then 34-33 to 33 in a win against Louisville. They scored 34. That was 67 combined points. So, I mean, they're putting up points at a ridiculous pace. And so is Pittsburgh. I mean... Neither one of these teams has a defense whatsoever. 
It's going to be all offense. Like I said, Virginia, 120th ranked defense going up against Pittsburgh with the number two ranked total offense in the country at, at this point in time. And like I said, more people need to talk about Virginia's offense because they've been kind of going under the radar. And if this over doesn't hit, I don't know what to say. This is really one of my most confident over picks of the year. They're just going to, it's going to be like 37 or it's going to be like 38 to 21 in the first quarter. I feel like something ridiculous. If that was actually possible, that would be crazy, but it's, it's not, it's just going to be a shootout. You can expect a shootout from that game. All right. And that rounds out tier two, just to recap in tier two, we had Utah minus three versus Oregon, Louisiana plus four and a half at Liberty and then Pittsburgh versus Virginia over 66. All righty. Now, the moment we've all been waiting for, tier one, my absolute best bets of the weekend. Only two of them this week, but, you know, if they're anything like our last tier one picks or, or in recent history, tier one, we're looking at another 2-0. Maybe I'm a little cocky, but we're, this is a 2-0 in my mind. Otherwise, I wouldn't have put them in tier one. So, Nebraska, I'm going... I'm going to buy – so the spread actually in this game is Nebraska plus 9.5 at Wisconsin, but I'm going to buy half a point here. This is a huge, huge half a point. It could change everything for us. So we're going to buy half a point, take a little bit juicier odds, and get Nebraska plus 10 at Wisconsin. So I know what you're thinking. Oh, Nebraska's 3-7. and seven. Oh, Wisconsin's been killing it lately. Oh, they're ranked. Oh, I don't care. Nebraska – might be three and seven, but all seven of their losses, which is nuts, all seven of their losses have been in games decided by nine points or less. Um, this sounds weird to say, but I, I genuinely think they might be the best three and seven team of all time. <laughs> they have played much better teams than Wisconsin this year, and they have covered in tighter spreads than that. They had a three point loss to Michigan State, who I would say is better than Wisconsin. A nine-point loss to Ohio State, which I would definitely say is better than Wisconsin. And that was recent, too. Um, a three-point loss to Michigan, also better than Wisconsin. And then a seven-point loss to Oklahoma, which that one's kind of debatable whether or not Wisconsin or OU is better. I don't know. But regardless, they're playing these much better teams really, really close. So if history repeats itself, plus nine and a half would be golden. But that plus ten, that half a point – Gives me that, that extra layer of security. I really like it. Sure, Wisconsin have been rolling teams as of late. They have five straight conference wins of 17 points or more. But who have they played? I mean, Rutgers, psh, Northwestern, psh, whatever. So scary. They haven't faced a single athlete as versatile as Adrian Martinez, uh, at least in the last five weeks. But he led the team, or he leads the team, in both rushing yards as well as passing yards. Of course, he's going to lead the team in passing yards as the quarterback, but he he's a good athlete. I really think he's pretty underrated. He's a, he's a decent quarterback. Um, Wisconsin, you know, number one defense in the country right now. It's mostly their rush defense. So if Adrian Martinez can get things going through the air, they might be able to give the Badgers D a hard time or at least throw something new at them. So going with Nebraska plus 10 on the road at Wisconsin. <coughs> Oh my. Ooh. All right, you can do it, Ryan. No more coughing. Last pick. I gotta gotta summon the energy. You could probably tell I'm like I'm like kind of tearing up because I'm holding back coughs and stuff. 
Okay, screw sickness. But anyway, last pick on the card, tier one pick. We're going Iowa State at Oklahoma under 59.5. Now, I love me some windy unders. The wind is estimated to be about 16.5 miles per hour at kickoff in Norman and mostly cloudy as well. So possibly a chance of rain. (coughs) Damn it, Ryan. (coughs) Oh, I was doing so good. Okay, anyway, sorry, I got to focus now. Wind estimated to be 16 and a half miles per hour. Um, all in all, we're 2-0 and on our last Iowa State under picks. I think we had it against Texas, and we also had it against Oklahoma State. Both of those hit. So why not make it 3-0? You know, we've been doing well on the Iowa State unders. Let's keep that going. Excuse me. Other than Baylor, Iowa State might be the best defense Oklahoma's faced this season. It's kind of tough to say after they just gave up 41 to Tech last week, but it could be true. I mean, and if if, if anything goes like last week, Oklahoma put up 14 against the Bears with a decent defense. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma struggled. They're only three-point favorites against Iowa State, which, again, doesn't really make too much sense. A lot of experts are, are on the Cyclones for the spread. I'm staying away from it, but this is somewhat, all in all, it's somewhat of a gut feeling. This is going to be a low-scoring uh, dog fight. Uh, I could see this game. Really, my score prediction is probably 24 to 20. Um, either way, I, I don't I don't have an opinion on who's going to win this game. So I'm staying away from the spread, but I do love the under of 59.5. So round out tier one, we got Nebraska plus 10 at Wisconsin. We are buying half a point from plus nine and a half to get that double digit spread. And also Iowa State at Oklahoma under 59 and a half. So that is it. For this week of college football picks, like I said earlier in the episode, we are riding nine consecutive weekends with a winning record. This weekend could be number 10. It could be double digits. Uh, They they said it couldn't be done. You know, I'm going to start pulling out Drake quotes. They said it couldn't be done. Started from the bottom. Uh, I mean, we did start 10 and 17. We started out pretty rough this year, but we bounced back in emphatic fashion, and we've kept that train rolling all the way until I think this is our 14th episode doing this. So love to see that. And also love to see you guys uh, in the comment section. Love to see what you guys are picking. Let me know. Leave some comments. Who are your favorite bets of the weekend? What 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 big game are you going to be watching? Other than, of course, you know, the biggest of them all, TCU Kansas. Ooh. But anyway, let me know uh, if you're tailing or fading these picks. Of course, they're here to tail. But if you fade, I'll totally understand. It's just kind of... <coughs> damn it right okay the coughs that's a sign sign to end the episode i'll see you guys in the carter this weekend as always thank you for listening i'll be back with another episode of ryan's ramble next 